Hello and welcome to the You Matter to Christ podcast. Many of our listeners and guests call this podcast an experience because throughout the variety of extraordinary people we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business goals, people forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. On this show, you'll hear from professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and everyday people from all walks of life. Discover the profound truth that regardless of your background or circumstances, you matter deeply to the creator of the universe. You were made for a purpose, and you matter to Christ. Get ready for inspiring stories, personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ. Hey everybody, Chad Vermeister, CEO of ScaleX.ai and the host of Living a Better Story. And I've got a great guest with me today. Um, Typically, someone like this would join my AI for Sales podcast, but today he's going to share some uh, personal insights into how he's gotten to be the person that he is, the CEO that he is and such. So Sati Hillier is the CEO and founder of OneMob, uh, which is a really, really cool video platform. I met Sati at a AISP event or two in the past, and I know of him through Mario Martinez and company. Uh, they are huge, huge fans of OneMob. So Sati, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chad. Glad to be here today. Man, it's exciting to uh, to dig in. You know, a lot of times we meet people at events, either online or in person, shake their hand, and we don't get to know what's really going on under the hood. And so I've found that these conversations can be quite interesting. So uh, with that, let, let's dig in a little bit. You've been with, with OneMob for going on eight years, it sounds like. Yeah, it's been quite a ride. And again, you know, being in video right now, I think, you know, sometimes I tell the team like, man, there's never been a better time to be in video with everything that's going on. But yeah, we started the company about eight years ago. Before that, I was at a company called salesforce.com. I'm sure you heard of it. And, you know, really learned a lot around kind of sales and CRM and enterprise motions and I think just what you start to realize and kind of you alluded to the beginning, it's like you meet someone and you realize that there's so much more about that person that you really know and everyone has a story. And I think one of the things that's amazing about video is video is a great way to tell a story. It's so engaging. It's so captivating. And when we were thinking about One Mob years ago, I think we were definitely ahead of our time and we thought, you know what, everyone's so comfortable using video in their personal life. Like, why are we not using this more in your business life? And that was our mission, like to make video as simple and easy to use as Snapchat or Instagram and be able to use it with your customers, your prospects, your employees. And again, definitely kind of ahead of its time. But now with everything that's been going on with the pandemic and everything becoming more virtual and remote, you're just seeing video finally becoming a first class citizen in business. And, you know, we're grateful to have the opportunity to be part of it and to be able to share what we've learned and help people on their journey. 
Well, I saw a really cool post the other day on LinkedIn. I think it was yesterday. And it showed, here's, here's the picture of my life, right? And it's this timeline. And it says, here's what people know about my life, which is like 1% of the timeline. So people can misconstrue what you represent, who you are, the products and services that you represent. And when you bring video into the picture, I remember at WebEx, the CIO, uh, and I'm, I'm going to blank on his name, Sean Farshi, uh, I think was his name, if I'm not mistaken. And anyway, he when we first rolled out video at WebEx, I remember he said, the picture tells a thousand words and the video tells the rest of the story. And they showed a picture of this guy with, with this woman holding a purse in the middle of the street. And it, and it looked like it was gonna the guy was going to rob her. Right. Mm. From that vantage point, you're like, what's he doing? He's going to rob that poor lady. And then they unfreeze the film and he pulls her out of the way of oncoming traffic because she's right on the edge of the curb. And yeah. it's like, oh, if I didn't see that, if I just caught one picture in time, then that doesn't tell the whole story. So Absolutely. I mean, you're spot on. I mean, I think or the way I've heard it is, is videos, the context, right? It's you know, and especially now when you think about selling and marketing, like everyone's talking about how content is king. Uh, well, you know, context is queen. <laughs> and I think that's the one that moves the neck and kind of we're also grateful to have, you know, perhaps like a powerful spouse who kind of keeps us moving in the right direction. Well, for me, like video has been, I think, just a valuable way of communicating that story, setting context, adding a commentary. And it doesn't have to be hard. And, you know, I think generally everyone loves watching videos. You know, that's why Netflix and these platforms continue to grow. Um, but there's, you know, there's been a lot of learnings along the way. And I think that's one of the things that I get excited about is not just being able to help folks adopt new technology, but to also help them think about the way they run their business and the way they may be thinking about how they're doing things today and how it can become just that much more better when you start to add that human element back into the fold. And I think that's the thing that we're starting to realize is, you know, we are definitely social by nature, but when things happen, pandemics, et cetera, all of a sudden it seems as if like our whole world is falling apart. But, um, you know, sometimes when you go back to the basics and you just remember like life is really about relationships. And if you can really create a better bond um, with a person, you can have just a this like kind of win-win-win effect. And, and I think video is, is an opportunity to help amplify that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, let's dig in. Let's get the audience to, to know who you are. Um, think back to when you're five, six, seven years old, really young. Like we all have some kind of passion, right? That we, that we love to do, uh, whether it's sports or whatever. What was your thing when you were younger? Yeah, and it's really interesting because I have kids and my oldest is seven. And he, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm imagining how I was and I'm seeing things through him. So it's kind of a nice way of reliving my story. But I, I think about my early childhood and I definitely kind of had this energetic kind of flair. And I was always about kind of just being around people, like socializing. And there was a few things that I feel like have kind of set the stage for where my future has gone. I've loved, you know, music, I've loved dancing, I love singing. And so I've always kind of had this, I think, desire, <laughs> and, I, and I may still try to pursue it to be like an actor. And so when I think about my early, early days, 
it was always about like telling a story, showing something, singing something, kind of being in front of a camera. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see like years later that I would create a video platform, but that's just been something that I've really enjoyed doing. And again, I think it just allows, it's, a, it's an authentic thing, right? It's like you see someone kind of tell a story or play a, a song or, or kind of share their art. You, you can see a, a bit of that person. And, and I think that's been really important to me growing up. And again, I think that's kind of what I've, I'm seeing right now happen too. It's like when I see people use video, you see something about them that you never would have seen in an email or even would have heard on a phone. And that's really, um, that's, that's, that's a cool thing to be part of. Yeah, that's cool. Well, if you want to get into the acting track, my good friend is actually doing a lot in Hollywood these days. So I'll, uh, I could let him know to be on the lookout for something that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm always open, always open. <laughs> so if you think about that passion, I mean, I think it makes sense, right? Obviously you're doing video now. That's sort of the secret thread between then and now. What's What's interesting to me is most people that I have on this show and even the AI for sale show is that most people seem to be living what they thought they'd be living when they were younger, right? There's an obvious connection. Occasionally there isn't. And, and, mm -hmm. you know, and you can kind of sense it. They're like, well, I'm not exactly living what I dreamt I would be living. And when you can be in the lane, living what you're meant to be doing and making money at it and keeping the lights on uh, it's, it's fun when you can do yeah. that. So, yeah, it's not, it's no longer work, right? That's right. It's just fun when you're in your lane. Um, think about, there's always a couple blips in the road, right? I think of them as speed bumps. At the time we hit them, we're like, holy cow, this is a huge mountain that I'm living through. Are there any of those speed bumps, kind of painful memories that you think, you know what, looking back, it was good, but at the time it was the worst thing that happened to me? Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know, and it starts to, already foster some memories when you think about a question like that and in hindsight now I think a lot about how you know and I think the saying is is you can look at an obstacle as like you know or you can look at something as an obstacle or as an opportunity and that's something that I've been constantly kind of like just reminding myself about but you know I, I grew up uh, in Texas and then when I was about seven my parents separated and it, I was young enough to not, I think, be too kind of caught up in like all the details, but I was old enough to know something was happening. Mm -hmm. And then we moved to California. And then once we were in California, it was kind of like that, you know, classic single mom, me and my brother kind of just trying to figure out how to make it happen. Um, and so there was, again, these moments in time where I look back and I think, wow, you know, I didn't really have kind of maybe that nuclear family, but I also felt like I had an opportunity to see like, just how like powerful a person can be and how much we, how much potential we have and how really our biggest limiting factors are self. So, um, you know, and then as kind of time progressed, like my mom remarried, like my stepdad who became my real dad is like really become kind of a, a foundation in my life. So, you know, as I started to kind of move and I think there's one thing that I always kind of not necessarily see as a bump or a blip, but I definitely kind of had situations in my past where I was a little too fearful, right? Where I might thought, well, I would love to kind of pursue that, but it just doesn't seem like it's, you know, practical or it doesn't seem like the outcome is going to be there. So let me try to take a different path and let me try to play it safe. 
Um, or maybe I might do something that was really foolish. But what I realized though, through those situations was, you know, the world has a way of kind of reorienting itself, I think, around what a person wants to do and what they want to kind of become. And I think sometimes it's more about taking a minute to kind of really observe and kind of what's happened, uh, observe what's been happening and kind of see if there's like some sort of connection there. And so now what I find is all of those things that I've gone through in the past that have been, I think, hardships, um, they're, they're all really becoming more of like part of like my DNA. And it's, it's really about, if anything, it's making me realize like, man, without those series of events, um, maybe I would have gotten to a goal quicker, or maybe I would have been able to kind of have something else that I loved even more. But what I'm realizing, it's given me, I think, more of an opportunity to appreciate like what's happening and to just like enjoy it and not be so fixated on like, where am I going next? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there's always this conversation that people have internally around like what they regret and what they're worried about. And I'm personally trying to be more focused on the moment. Um, and I feel like it's those series of events that I've gone through that I feel like have kind of just given me those gentle reminders, some not as gentle than others, but I think it's now giving me at least a better way of not just living my life, but even interacting with other people and helping them maybe get through some of their own struggles. It, it reminds me of Will Smith talked about uh, jumping out of an airplane and leading up to it, you know, talk about being fearful. He's like, oh, this is going to be terrible. I don't know what I'm going to do, you know, and I'm sure it was a tethered one where it's him and some other person who's jumped 10,000 times before. And then he goes, he jumped and then it was all fine. And it was like, huh, yeah, why did I worry about all that? And I think we do as humans, it's just in our, it's in our DNA and in our mindset that, oh, shoot, I need to be fearful because am I, you know, can I keep food on my table, uh, fight or flight? Like there's all those things that go on, but your yeah. point, that becomes part of your DNA later. And if you can just think, hey, in a year or in a month or in a day, yeah. this problem that I'm going through will be gone, you know? Yeah. I mean, I got to say like the one thing that I think has changed my life is just remembering perspective. You know, it's as you get more perspective, you start to realize that your situation is, you know, it's not that what we do is unimportant, but at the same time, understanding that it's not important, like it's just a very interesting mental shift. And now all of a sudden, it's just like, you're just not as worked up so much. I mean, you still deal with challenges and stress, but um, I do a lot of various readings as well. And I think that's just kind of the, 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 the thread I keep continuing to see is like, what really I think breaks people down isn't what's happening outside, it's what's happening inside. And just being able to kind of have that awareness and, and kind of just sit with it. And then eventually being able to kind of let it go or surrender to it. It's just like a, such a motivating and like uh, a rewarding uh, a way I think to live. Yeah, that's awesome. There's, uh, have you ever heard of Antarctic Mike? I haven't. He raced a hundred mile, you know, ultra marathon in Alaska, I believe it was. And he trained for it in a freezer. So he speaks at regular sales events and he'll be this keynote kickoff speaker. Uh, he's done AAISP two or three times. That's where I met him. And the reason he does it is because his wife fell off a cliff in Boulder, Colorado, 
before they got married. Um, wow. And so she's been in pain her whole life, right? She made it through. She looks fine now, but she'll go to the hospital every once in a while and things. He pushes himself and he, and he still looks for opportunities to put himself in those fearful situations because he yeah. knows it's going to make him grow. And he wants to kind of get inside of where, she, you know, live where she's at. Like, hey, it can be harder than the life that I'm living. So he actually yeah. looks for those opportunities to put himself in. Yeah. Well, I mean, what it's an equation, stress plus rest equals growth. Wow. And I think that's very important. And and when you said that, I was thinking about this other gentleman, Wim Hof, who's kind of the ice man. People talk about him and he's known for sitting in like ice lakes. And again, like it's so much of your own internal strength is that power is within you. And the moment you start to think about the power that you have versus the forces that we oppose, some things, uh, it's like transformative. So I'm not there yet, <laughs> but I'd love to eventually kind of work toward those types of challenges. I, I still I still don't really enjoy a cold shower yet. <laughs> were, were you at the outreach conference when he put the whole audience uh, through a trance and they held their breath for 90 seconds? I did not. No, that sounds amazing. Though. It was amazing. Like, you know, he prepped it for 30 minutes and you're breathing exercise. And he's like, okay, hold your breath. He goes, we're going to go to 30 seconds. Well, we got to 30 and he's like, okay, now we're going to keep going. Now we're at 45. Okay, cool. Keep your, keep your, just stay still. Now we're at 60. Now we're at 75. Now we're at 90. The best I did as a kid was like 62 seconds in a hot tub. And, wow. and you're sitting there and then he goes, okay, now don't just gasp. I just want you to let out your air and then slowly breathe it in. And it was like, huh, it was just like normal. Like I'm talking to you now, like I didn't have a problem because it yeah. was set up properly. Right. The mindset, the, the oxygenation. Um, yeah. It was, it was just amazing. Yeah. 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 And I don't know if we'll go into, but like what you just said, I think is so critical, which is like a lot of what we can do sometimes just is by aligning yourself with the right person. Like so many people can unlock your potential. And sometimes it's about finding that right coach. So I'm a huge advocate of like, you know, connecting with people, mentors, coaches, because, you know, we're, our limitations sometimes can be so much more easily lifted if you have a great person next to you who can kind of see some of those, those blind spots. Yeah. And, and you're often only off by one or two degrees and the difference between one degree uh, we, we know a guy named Arjun Sen who works a little bit with Tiger Woods on a PR side. And he's had those conversations with Tiger where it's like, look, the difference is just, just this much. Um, yeah. I remember at Corporate Visions that we did a, a word play and you write it, write it on the board and it said, hey, look, Tiger at his peak time in life, he was like four shots below the next guy. And those four shots meant $20 million annually in difference in revenue, right? So it's just amazing you could be this far off. But if you have an outside coach help you with the perspective, um, you're, you're dead on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So think about if, if you could wave the proverbial magic wand in your life that would change everything. This question always gets very interesting comments. What would be that, that thing? Like what would change everything for you? In terms of like, if I could have gone back in the past, what would I have changed or just no, right now? Really more like right now, if you could change one thing um, about anything, <laughs> what, what would you change? What would change? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Like I, I've been thinking a lot about like goals 
and thinking a lot about kind of the things that I want to do. And then before that kind of asking myself, like, where's the intention? Like, where is it coming from? Like, what am I trying to do? And, and I think right now, like the one thing that like I would love to do or change or improve for myself is probably just like my ability to just be more kind and more forgiving. You know, I find that I still like get, you know, I'm not human. I still, I mean, I'm still human and I still kind of find that certain things might like rub me the wrong way. And I'm just trying to kind of like lead with that mindset. So, I mean, there's nothing that I, I, I'm grateful that I am able to kind of do what I love and, and kind of still have such a great time doing it. And, you know, obviously like, you know, we hope that we always are able to create something that's successful to not just like ourselves, but the people who we work with. But I think the most important thing to me right now is just about, again, like, what can I be doing so that I can learn how to become more forgiving, more how, you know, how to become more kind and more kind of aware and, and kind of more open to um, the world around me. Mm, that's a good one. You know, it's something that changed my perspective two months ago on this topic is that my son's 19. So unlike yours at seven, you know, mine's a little bit further in the future. So he's at his first year of college and he was cooking one of these home cooked meals at his college in, in an apartment. And he had a grease fire that just jumped off the pan. And then, you know, make sure your seven-year-old knows this, you don't put water on it. And he did. Right. And so poof, blew up in his face, burnt second, third degree burns face and hands. So oh we were like, imagine that call from your son. Right. And he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Luckily there's an ER across the street, but then it was burn center, all kinds of stuff. Now, two months later, he just went out skiing again last weekend. So fast forward the tape, good news. He's made it through and recovered. The, the reason I bring this up is because from a perspective, when I was going back and forth to the hospital, 40 minutes away and I get off and there was 18 homeless people standing on the side of the road one day. It was very cold, like minus seven degrees during this time, a couple months ago. And I was like, you know what? That guy standing on the corner, imagine we're all under the same sun. We're all humans. We're all brothers and sisters at the end of the day. If, if we believe that, and, and then if my, I'm going to do anything for my son, right? I'll be there. I'll, I, I'd rather be in his spot. Well, what if I could have that mindset with those 18 homeless people standing on the corner or anyone in life and have that, just picture your son in that spot. And when you approach them with a different level of what would I do for my son if he's in a burn accident? Now, how would I want to treat somebody else in a similar situation or just in whatever situation they're in, right? We don't know what's going on in other people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, like that right there, I think is something that like I'm realizing more and more is like, the love that a parent shows to a child is unconditional. And I think that's like amazing because that, that child feels it and it's, it's like, you know, invulnerable. In it's, 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 it's like invincible. But the problem is, is that it's only for those certain few individuals in your life. And yes. as a result, like everybody's doing the same thing with their group. And it's a, it's a lot of like isolation. What you say, which I completely agree is like, everyone has that divinity. Everyone has that beauty. Everyone has that potential. Yeah, no matter and, where you are, no matter, doesn't matter what you look, where you're from, you have your own personal beliefs that you own. And that's okay. That's beautiful. That's what makes the world beautiful. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, like 
you know, one of the things that like I really appreciate is when you are around people who are just so accepting, because that's, I think the hardest thing for people to do is to accept, accept the similarities, accept the differences and be able to just like remove this whole thing. To be blamed, but to be more like, okay, there's a set of different principles and values in this room and they're all valuable. They all have worth and no one is better than the other. It's just an understanding. And I think like, I mean, to your, to your point there in that story, that's what I'm striving for. Like to be able to see anyone on the street and not kind of let that 40 years of programming kind of take me over and, and kind of just react and, and kind of assume and become, you know, so predated, you know, biased or prejudiced. Um, and, and so it's something that like, I try to, you know, just realize that, look, this, there's a lot of things that I need to unlearn and I'm trying to do that process, but at the same time to like, not be so hard on myself, but to just realize like, man, when you start to see like the divinity in others and you realize like, it's not about, you know, you and me liking the same things, but it's about me respecting you and me like having this kind of like love for you. It, it just becomes like a really beautiful thing. And the thing that I also feel like is like, it starts to, it starts to kind of like create more and more of it, right? It's like, you always hear about how people want joy, right? Like they're trying to create joy in their life. And so they feel like the only joy they get is when they experience it. But the best analogy is like, um, you know, when you give someone a gift, like you're so excited to see them open it, right? And you realize like, wow, that brought me joy. And so it's like, the more you can create joy for others, you yourself get so much joy. And now all of a sudden, it's like what you've been missing in life has always been in front of you. And so I don't know, I, I'm always trying to marry like, you know, kind of spirituality with like, you know, logical thinking, and they're not too far off. Yes. But it's just about kind of unlearning some of these, you know, quote unquote, maybe misguided habits and realizing like, look, you know, like there's a lot of great things out there when you start to, you know, scratch the surface and kind of, you know, really peel back that onion. Well, it's, it's interesting. I just met a guy two weeks ago named Jason Doherty, and he's the founder of a school in Kenya. He moved from here when he was my son's age. He was drinking too much. He ran into a tree. His like leg popped out of his leg, all kinds of wild stuff. Well, then he was like, you know what, God, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it right for the rest of my life. Right. And so he moves to Kenya 10, 15 years ago with his wife. They open a school. They now have 115 of these girls, teenage girls that he's helping graduate. And it, it costs $240 a month to put someone through it. Not yeah. a whole lot of money in the history of money. Oh, yeah. And, and he's got 115. Well, now that ScaleX is kind of going in the right direction, now I'm really focused on the philanthropic side. Yeah. And so aligning with someone like Jason to say, hey, let me help you with some social outreach. Let me help you with some email automation. Maybe we could do a voicemail drop. And we're actually pointing, the, pointing it at TV shows, print media, so that it's not just a one-to-one, -one, hey, would you sponsor a girl for $240? It's let's talk about the Daraja school on, you know, 12 news in Arizona in front yeah. of an audience of 400,000 or a million people. Yeah. Um, and, and that, and to your point, that feeling when you know you land someone on a show like that or Daryl Stinson, second chance athletes, he 
you know, he failed in that he was supposed to go to the NFL and then he got hurt. Yeah. And, and now he helps other athletes because 99% of them don't make it, but guess yeah. what? They're the same person that they were when they were an athlete. They just don't yeah. know it yet. Right. Yeah. And getting to align those things to help other people do what they want to do is just a really phenomenal gift. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you said something at the end there that I really like, which is, again, I think businesses for good, you know, is so important. And Salesforce was kind of, I think, one of the best pioneers. I mean, I'm always so in awe of Mark Benioff and his approach to kind of integrating philanthropic efforts with businesses. And, you know, we're, we ourselves are trying to continue to figure out how we can do that. One of the things that we did, especially when COVID was like taking off, was as we saw all of these organizations having to make cuts and folks losing their jobs and people that we were working with for years kind of saying, hey, I don't have a job anymore. So that was a really hard thing for us to kind of experience. And one of the things that we did is we quickly created a platform called onemob.com slash free. So anyone who's lost their job can sign up right away. Just go to onemob.com slash free. They get a free license. And basically it's, it's, it's their way of, using our platform to, you know, do some video interviewing, send some video follow-ups, video thank yous, trying to get to the hiring manager. And yeah, I'd probably say like at least every week or so I'm getting another person saying, Hey, like, thanks for giving us this license. I finally got a job at this company, at that company. And it's, it's not a lot, but it's something that we can do to just help people on this journey. And, and I think that's the right thing to do. I think every company out there, whether it's money, whether it's employee time, whether it's a product or service, I think we can all give back and like, there's so much to gain from that, but it's also, I think just, it's like, it's our responsibility. Like you said, like we're all brothers and sisters and we all want to help each other out. Otherwise, you know, we're only as strong as our weakest link. And it's like, what's the purpose of letting a, you know, a group of individuals suffer while others are doing well, because you know, it's, it's only going to make our whole community feel that much imbalanced. So I, I really resonate with what you had to say there. Yeah, that's huge. Well, so last question for you. We talked about the divine power we have in ourselves, spirituality. You know, there's a lot of faith could be another term. Um, what role does faith play in your life and, you know, in the journey that you're on? Yeah, you know, it's really fascinating because I grew up um, with Indian parents that had um, been raised traditionally in this uh, Indian religion called Sikhism, which is actually quite, um, it's very quite open. Um, it's not a religion where it's about like, you know, you have to follow this or you have to follow that. It was actually kind of born out of like, you know, an environment where there was a lot of conflict between like Hindus and Muslims. And, you know, again, for me, I think every religion has such beauty. And I think a lot of the areas where they, things kind of fall apart is the interpretation. Then as I kind of got older, my um, mom put me through pretty much like Catholic schools all my life. So I was pretty much raised, um, you know, Catholic, Christian. The college I went to was Jesuit. And I have a, a huge appreciation and respect for kind of that learning and teaching as well. And again, I think it's just like so it's like such a great example where you got like, you know, the, the story of Jesus and, and kind of everything that he's done. And even like those few years of his life, how, how, how much of a big message it's made on the rest of the world and how we can, how I still kind of live my life through, you know, some of his teachings or some of the other teachings I've been reading um, from other folks as well. But for me, faith, I think has become paramount 
not just because not really in the sense like, oh, I need to kind of make sure I'm going to like the, the church every weekend or I'm going to like the temple every weekend, but more about like, how do I show up every day? And, and you know, the, the God outside is the same God inside. And, and, and am, I, am I synchronized? And am I doing the things that I should be doing that are helping to share that message, right? Like if I want my kids, for instance, to become good people, they're not going to listen to what I say, but they are most likely going to replicate and emulate what I do. So it's for me, it's a lot about my, my actions, my intentions, that coming from a place of, of really giving, right? Thinking about what can I give before what I can gain and, and just being about, you know, openness and inclusion, right? Like, you know, the, it's been fascinating to see like in the last 30, 40 years, how global this world has become and how it's going to continue to advance in that way. And it's really creating so much more, you know, meshing of cultures and religions and ideas and thoughts. And to me, like, I think that's become probably the most powerful thing of like the human species is our ability to integrate. We don't always get it right, obviously, but I think what we're realizing is we are much more powerful together when we start to like, again, drop the ego, drop the pride, drop the rewards and focus on just what we can give. Uh, and I think that was a lesson that we saw with a lot of these spiritual leaders. And that's something that I use as kind of a template for like my decision-making. I love the synchronized image that you shared because synchronizing with, you know, to your point, I don't go to church every Sunday, but I also have a connection and relationship that, you know, that that's there. Um, have you ever heard of this app called 75 hard? It's a workout kind of mind mental toughness app. No. So a lot of CEOs that are at this one place that I went they're like 10 out of 50 were doing it. So I was like, ah, okay. let me sign up 75 days, two workouts a day, 45 minutes each. You drink a gallon of water a day. You read 10 pages in a book and you can't drink alcohol for 75 days. So a lot of people are like, Oh, I can't do the last one, <laughs> Yeah, but it was amazing. I started in Q4, October 1st or thereabouts. Cause I know the date because uh, nope, it went October 15th because it yeah. ended on new year's and I'm like, okay, I can have a drink now. Yeah. Uh, but what an amazing, you know, being in synchronicity with your mind, body, spirit, all of it, but it was lacking the one piece, which was spirituality. Yeah. So I'm now going to go create an app. I want it to go viral. I'll probably launch it within two months. And I want to do, it's basic, pray at night. And it doesn't have to be super sophisticated. Yep. And then listen to what comes back. Because a lot yeah. of us get out of synchronicity by not listening for it, right? But if you just say, God, what do you, what do you want my life to be like? What do you want me to do tomorrow? What do you want me yeah. to do next week? And when you can get in that level of entunement, it's, it's like, oh, maybe I should be acting. Maybe I should be what, whatever that is. Yeah. But asking and then listening is pretty much the basic premise. I want to follow the 75 hard concept. Yeah. And every day I've, I've, I downloaded an app that's already out there. It's called Good Vibes or something like that. And you could program it in. So it's the basic semblance of the apps already built. Now yeah. I just need to put it out and, and list those two or three items that you do every day to get the synchronicity that you're talking about. Man, I love that. And if I can help you on that venture, I'd love to because I'm a, I like 
there's the spiritual aspect, the mental, there's the emotional, and there's a physical, and I'm trying to weld them all together. And I do actually think, you know, physical movement, you know, getting yourself going, you know, there's like Tony Robbins used to say, like, if you want to change your emotions, you got to change your emotion. I, I totally believe in that as well. But I do think that there's a lot of people out there who need guidance, right? Who are looking for a playbook. And it sounds like this program that you mentioned is again, giving you a, a big part, part of that, but you're right. Like, and again, you could call it praying, you can call it spirituality, you can call it mindfulness. Like the yes. terms are, in my opinion, like ir irrespective. What I feel like is what's important is what you just mentioned, which is, you know, asking, you know, pausing, observing awareness, right? Like we don't have, we don't give people enough time. We don't give people enough education on the importance of, you know, processing what's going on inside of you. Yeah. You know, we think about like, oh, my stomach hurts. Okay, great. Got to go to the doctor. But the moment you feel grief or sadness or anger, like you really find people like, oh, well, that was interesting. That person said something and it made me angry. Where did that come from? Let yes. me unpack that. And you know, I'll, I'll leave this last piece. Like, I've, I feel like I've been fortunate to read some really great books lately, but this one book I've been reading lately, I, I feel like is the game changer for me. It's from an author named David Hawkins. Um, he's no longer with us. The book's called Letting Go. He's got a ton of other books, but it talks about, again, just how when we hit a situation, we're so kind of instinctual to focus on the intellectual aspect of that situation. Like logically, how do I get my job? Could I, uh, how do I find a new job? Because I just got laid off. Or how do I you know, fix this issue with my wife because we're arguing? But what we should be doing is looking at the emotional aspect of like, whoa, I just lost my job. How do I feel about that? Like, am I okay with it? Am I going to be all right on Monday, not having a place to go? What's those feelings? Because the thing is, if you get a new job and you haven't figured out the emotional aspect, the next time you lose a job, it's going to come back again. And this is why we spend so much time like suffering for 10, 20, 50 years on the same problem because we never looked at the emotional aspect. So I, I completely think what you're doing and what you're saying is the right approach because a lot of people are not trained this way, unfortunately. And I think it's a, it's a, it's an area that if we can kind of start to put more attention into it, I think we're going to see a much better outcome in terms of everything that's happening in our, or in our world today. Yeah. Well, I remember at a mindset event, uh, the Gerhard from selling power put on, and he mm. said, we have 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. And for most people, two thirds of those are negative. Yeah. So just by putting these, Oh, I got a reminder. Oh, I got to do this, like work out for 10 minutes. Yeah. Or drink a gallon of water for the day. You can shift the two thirds negative to positive and just completely turn your life around. So I'm, I'm yeah. excited to see where that goes. And uh, yeah, this we, 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 we have to turn off our injustice meter. We're constantly looking for injustice, like turn on our justice meter and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> awesome. I've been talking with Sati Hillier from One Mob, and this has been an awesome conversation. Thanks for being authentic. And, you know, you're with a video company, so you probably teach people uh, to, to have these kinds of open and honest conversations. If you're not familiar with One Mob, check it out, onemob.com. It sounds like forward slash free. If you're unemployed, then um, then you can go in and, and leverage a license and, uh, and, you know, hopefully get back on your feet. And hopefully this conversation has, um, has had an impact on you. So Sati, thank you so much for, for joining today. I really appreciate you. Thanks again, Chad. 
thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ podcast. We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you, guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter to Christ.